Guess what, folks? Matt Eberflus is back as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of the Bears, they were playing in London in 2024. The Bulls are on fire. They're feeling fire, feeling hot, hot, hot. <laughs> the fire in the line, I get a big win over the Michigan State Spartans last night in college basketball. The Bulls will take on the Golden State Warriors tonight. NFL Super Wild Card Weekend is here. Our girl Christine, the Queen Manica, will preview that for us and give us her hot picks. That and much more as Second City Sports Hashtag Football Friday Edition starts right now. Welcome to another fun-filled second special edition of Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday. We're live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow my Kim McGee on the Twitter X. I can't again the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you, you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are, we are on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Excuse me. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> we are on the podcast, Fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite sports opinions, do not to our extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. But you decide to troll it or do something silly, dumb, or stupid, or try to start a virtual snow fight, I've given Lakina full powers to give you bums to build and beer boot. Goodbye. Doodles. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you you can catch Sports on Chicago right now, live in 11 color on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate the squad and give the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook, or your PC, just hit up the Google Play Store and download that Roku TV app and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. <clears throat> and we will it will provide the uh, the remedy for the winter blues here, as Sid said in a teaser <laughs> in the opener. Of course, we got our girl Christine Mackov from KSRB to preview Super Wildcard Weekend uh, for us. Um, 
of, of course, of course, you got college hoops, a wild uh, week in college hoops with all the upsets. Of course, the Bulls are gearing up for tonight. Not only against the Warriors, for the Bulls, we're going to honor Anna, who won't show up. We actually told you guys this a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so much more. But first, of course, uh, let's talk some Bears. Bears made some news in the middle of the week. Uh, we all pretty much expected that Matt Eberflus is back at, will, will be back as head coach. But Luke Getsy, the OC, will not be back. So uh, we'll see. Say bye bye to him and a couple other uh, office of coaches as well. Um, they've already um, they've already uh, interviewed a couple of guys this week. So we'll talk about that in a second. But Sid, what do you think? And like we've been saying this for like the last month, we told you guys that if the Bears put in a little bit of a run, and, and they did, they won like six like other uh, the last nine. You know, of course, Foos will be back, and that's what ended up happening. So uh, Sid, what are you thinking? Were you surprised about? Uh, Flus being, you know, being retained and guest being shown the door. No, I wasn't surprised because this team, at least defensively, as we told you guys during the second half of the season, that this team was improving, especially on the defensive end, defensive side of the ball, especially after acquiring Montez Sweat from the Washington Commanders. Offense was slowly uh, to catch up. Justin Fields did make some progress at following his, his return from injury from early in the year. But things haven't come together just yet for the Chicago Bears. And you can look back at the schedule that it was about three or four games where they had double-digit leads or they were in at the last minute and they lost those games. That's the reason why they're sitting at home right now instead of preparing for Super Wild Card Weekend. As a prediction that I said on this show, Lakina, following that, that bye week for the Bears, I said they win three games or more, Evil Flutes would be back. As you mentioned, they won six out of their last nine, four of their last six, and Iberflus is back. Here's the question now since Luke Getzky is gone. Of course, the obvious question is, will GM Ryan Poles keep Justin Fields, or will he trade him around NFL draft time, which is April 24th, I believe? And Ryan Poles has till May the 3rd, I believe, to decide if the fifth-year option will be picked up on Justin Fields' rookie contract. That's the number one question. The number two question is, will Matt Eberflus get that contract extension? Here's two reasons why. One, because pressure will be on him next year to make the playoffs entering his third year. Obviously, if the Bears make the playoffs, he'll get that contract extension, whether we like it or not. Number two, the contract extension comes into play for Eberflus. It depends on which offensive coordinator will they hire. If you're an mm-hmm. experienced offensive coordinator, you want some long-term security, and if that's the case, Matt Eberflus right there before you step on the field officially in 2024 will have uh, job security as well because you want to marry that offensive coordinator with that head coach and to coach the uh, offensive system, whoever's going to be the quarterback, whoever's going to be, whether it's Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Pennings Jr., or whoever. So you can understand – I can understand it from the stability standpoint of it, but – Looking at this logically, Matt Eberflus does not deserve a contract extension just yet, but I can understand why he'll get it. It depends on who they hire as an offensive coordinator. But a lot of things are in play for the Chicago Bears, and I'm just glad I'm not GM Ryan Poles right now. Yeah, they've already talked to a couple of guys, like I said uh, earlier, of uh, of course, uh, Shane Warnham, who is the uh, OC, the passing game. Uh, well, no, 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 he's the OC for uh, the Seahawks. Uh, Clint, the Clint Kubiak, Clint Kubiak, uh, I should say, who is the uh, game coordinator for uh, the 49ers. 
So those two names have already been uh, interviewed or they've re at least re requested to be interviewed. Some other names that are being floated around, perhaps, you know, Greg Roman, who is the uh, former OC with uh, Baltimore. Of course, you know, that didn't end so well those last couple of years there. Um, Ken Dorsey, who actually the Bills office actually got better when he got shown the door. So uh, he's out there now. I've heard some people even said Cliff Kingsbury, which I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I can kind of see that, but you know, you probably do that if you're going to draft Caleb Williams, and we still don't know what's going to be the future of, of, of Fields. So uh, we'll see what happens there. You know, Kellen Moore is on there, being flown around. Uh, of course, the Chargers OC. We'll see if you know he's going to be a hot, you know, mm -hmm. hot demand as well. With all the, we'll talk about that more with our girl Christine in a little bit. But what do you think? Any of those names you know, kind of pique your interest? In? Maybe Kellen Moore because he worked with Dak Prescott before uh, working with Justin Herbert with the with the Los Angeles Chargers this year. So uh, that, that, that name I kind of like. But here are some names um, that that piqued my interest on those various outlets uh, have have uh, thrown thrown these names out there, in particular Greg Roman. I think he's doing um, high school football, as I heard. If, if, if I'm wrong on that, please correct me. But uh, his name's been out there. You know, he worked with with Colin Kaepernick, he worked with uh, with Lamar Jackson, currently the quarterback of the Baltimore Orioles. Frank Wright, who who was yeah. the former head coach of the Colts and the Panthers this year. Also, too, you have Brian Greasy, former NFL quarterback, and of course, short time broadcaster. He's the current QBs coach of the San Francisco 49ers. You have Byron Leftwich. That's not a bad name. I think that's a sneaky good name, of course. Uh, he is, um, his last job was office coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which he won a ring with, by the way, uh, helping out Tom Brady. Also, too, you mentioned Cle Cliff Kingsbury and Zach Robinson. Yeah, yeah, Zach Robinson has been another name that's being uh, being flown around. Uh, I know Frank Wright's name has been thrown around too. Let's also remember what, what kind of transpired with Tim being fired. Let's remember he wanted CJ Stroud and not Bryce Young. That whole, so that kind of started the whole thing. Uh, right. That was more uh, Carolina's management than Frank Wright, but that's a whole other right. issue right there. Well, yeah, that's a whole different. Well, yeah, I, I know he wanted Stroud, and I know that they all the management wanted Young, so that 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 kind of you know sort of like the ending of that. But uh, yeah, I mean that's an interesting. Those are some interesting names. I mean, I, I mean, I like I know Byron Leftwich. I mean, is he is he? Well, here's the thing though. If you're like, if you're gonna be the OC, I think the one of the things is gonna be like, okay, what's the future of QB? Are you gonna keep Fields? Are you gonna trade him? Will you draft mm -hmm. like you know Caleb Williams or? A Drake May or somebody like that. I mean, that's really going to be kind of the issue here for the Bears. And I think that's going to be the thing, especially since most some of the staff's already in place. So you're not going to be able to change anything. You're going to want to bring your own guys. So that's another layer of uh, contention that's going to be the thing for whoever whoever he ends up being the new Bears OC. So there's a there's still a lot of elements here that are at play. And I and I think that this is going to really going to be the interesting thing about like okay. What kind of system is this? Is going to be like what Justin's for? Should he stay? This is going to be what his third or fourth different system. So mm -hmm. now he's got to learn a new system. You got to have other guys. I think the old line, you know, coach is still is still there, and you know some other things. So yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of one of those things where it's. I know people are kind of Bears fans are kind of like you know divided on like this is a good idea, but the others think it was. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what direction polls at Eurofus decide to go. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you talking to the Chicago Bears in their press conference from early in the week. They decide to keep head coach Matt Eberflus but fire the entire office of staff. Lakina, one clue that we'll have in terms of the future of the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears, of course, is free agency, which is in early March, and that's yep. the new league calendar year. 
And we'll see what moves they make because, as we said before, they need a couple of offensive linemen. This is a, a, a good year as far as the draft for left tackles, and the Bears uh, need a couple of offensive linemen. Also, too, wide receiver. Are you going to pick up one in a free agency or are you going to acquire one via trade? Because I think if they are acquiring one via trade uh, prior to the draft or prior to the draft of a number one wide receiver, we all we know one that they'll probably end up keeping Justin Fields because he's still cheap on that uh, rookie con on that rookie contract they they's currently playing under right now. So one tell small tail sign coming up is free agency in March. We'll see what kind of moves that this Bears team will make because if they don't spend a lot of money in free agency, that's going to be a big telling sign right there. Yeah, now that's going to be like the number one question: How much will? Um, you know, Cole spend and because I know I know people are kind of like you know gravitated the fact that oh yeah the guy still got a lot of money left against you know in the cap you know cap mm -hmm. space but again he's not probably not going to spend all that money and he may not spend any of it on freeze he may just build through the draft especially if they trade fields you know, and trade back and get some more uh, picks so. I can kind of see him doing that. So, yeah, we still don't know what – I don't think – like I said, I don't think, you know, Paul's even made up his mind. Maybe he has. He hasn't told anyone yet. But it's really going to be the telltale sign of whether or not they, you know, they 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 keep Fields or not. And for the way it sounds, it doesn't sound like he, you know, he's, you know, endorsing Fields. But, again, wow, I might be wrong, so I have to wait and see about that. Yeah, it's a big cat and mouse game at Hallis Hall right now. So we have over three and a half months to discuss this, Lakina Esri. I will say we'll say this here, and we'll probably say it again as we go along in this offseason. When there's actually actual Bears news to break in that Bears conversation, we'll do it because everybody and wherever outlets you're listening to, including ours, including ours, they're gonna have this player, that player. Oh, this player will fit the Bears. We'll talk about that for two hours. That player will fit the Bears. Let's talk about that two hours. Uh, we don't. We don't. What we try to do is do here is bring you actual information and then discussing here mm -hmm. on Second City Sports. We're not just going to filibuster uh, with a bunch of BS uh, just because of that. That That's not us. So when it's actual Bears news to uh, to to break and to discuss, uh, we're discussing here on Second City Sports. Of course, we'll have people who cover the team to, uh, to uh, talk with us about it uh, uh, throughout the offseason. We'll get into deeper discussions with them then. But, uh, Lakina, this is going to be an interesting offseason, and uh, people are going to throw names out there, throw crazy trade scenarios to uh, fill in content. We actually talk uh, talk about about actual information on the show, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to keep that at there at Bay for you guys here on Second City Sports. That's how we do it here. We've done mm -hmm. enough for years and we're not going to change now. So <laughs> sorry, folks. So yeah, so yo, it might be a welcome sign for some of y'all. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, there. And as it comes, we will tell you guys about that. Now, as we're at the bottom of the hour, we're going to take a quick break. Of course, the, you know, the Bulls, you know, start to kind of get a little bit of a run going. And of course, the Bulls mm -hmm. bring an honor. And we'll tell you who's not going to be there tonight as they face the Warriors. <laughs> uh, the rest of the, the crazy weekend in the NBA, a lot of blowouts last night, especially. So we'll talk about that and a whole lot more. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports, on Sports of Chicago with Doc Harwood in the NBA coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. 
these scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Welcome back to Second City Sports on this Friday edition. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports Soul Chicago. I'm Sia Deslakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter, X, and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow my Keena McGee on the Twitter, X, and Keena's going again, the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. We have 85 minutes left or so in this extravaganza we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments, you can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, Sid. All right, Sid. Uh, let's talk some Bulls and NBA. The Bulls are back in action tonight against the Warriors, of course, before, you know, during the game that they'll be doing the Bulls Ring of Honor. 
And, um, you know, one of the things that I think we already saw when we, we talked about this when it first came, you know, it first came about a few weeks ago was that, of course, they're honoring an, mm, they're honoring a 95, 96 team that, of course, you know, won 70 some games. And we know some people that won't be there. Of course, you know, Michael Jordan actually posted a video yesterday saying that he's not going to be there, which I don't know why folks are, are, are so stunned by that. I don't understand. I mean, I know we, we look, we, we told y'all when this whole thing came out that, mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that he wasn't going to come, you know, somehow. But, look, it was great to see, you know, guys like Tony Kukos, who's, been, of course, an ambassador for the Bulls. Of course, Steve Kerr was part of that team, you know, coach of the Warriors. That's one of the reasons why they did it. You saw Phil Jackson there looking good. And also, too, of course, Luke Longley. I mean, that, it was great to see him because he said he hasn't been in Chicago like almost a decade. So uh, The big Australian. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, you know, the Aussie Stallion, as they called him way back when. Um, yeah, so what, so what you think? Were you surprised that we got that news that MJ wasn't going to be there tonight? No, I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, we all know Michael wanted a, a piece of the team uh, when uh, when he retired from basketball before he went to the Wizards. That wasn't going to happen. You know, his ties to Chicago after the 98 season has been, you know, uh, un uh, uncommon to say least, according to some people. But, hey, the man is living his life the way he wants to live it, and I don't blame him for that. would have been a great, a great for all Bulls fans to see him in the house tonight, of course, but uh, this man has other interests and other businesses that he has to run. So uh, he can do whatever the heck he wants. So I, I'm not surprised by that. I don't think Scotty Pippen is going to be there either. So we all know what kind of things that he's been saying about MJ and everything about that over the last year, a uh, couple of years. So we won't get into that. But looking through social media and watching some of the stuff on our local newscast last night, you mentioned Tony Kukoc. I believe he still stays in the area, was there. Of course, Will Purdue still does great work uh, with NBC Sports Chicago. He was there last night covering it there. Mm -hmm. And it was nice to see Ron Harper, James Buda, mm -hmm. Edwards, John Sally, who's always the light of the party. He followed mm -hmm. his NBA career. So, yeah, he was there last night. And so Randy Brown was there last night as well. So it was mm -hmm. nice to see some of those guys again. I just want to see how uh, what kind of ceremony is going to be tonight for, uh, to honor these guys and to honor the other members as well who are going to the initial um, ring of honor for this Bulls franchise. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, NBC Sports Chicago will have coverage of all that. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you guys check that out there during their game against the Warriors. Now, to the Bulls on the court, uh, the Bulls, you know, had a little bit of a, uh, was our buddy Matt Peck from CHO Bulls would say, uh, well, let's just say, okay, they had a little bit of a hard time against Houston. Of course, they were up by eight. Uh, Houston came back to Forest overtime, but they did do just to win that game, you know, beating the Rockets by five, 124-119. Again, not the prettiest, but uh, look, they go to 18-21. and 21. Of course, they face the Warriors tonight, um, and the Warriors only tripped uh, the UC at, uh, this season, so uh, that's another thing, probably why they did the Ring of Honor, um, you know, tonight. Uh, Zach Levine, go back to Wednesday's game against the Rockets, 25 points for Zach Levine. Of course, uh, Vooch had 18 and 15 boards. Um, yeah, uh, DeRozan had 19. So, uh, again, not the prettiest. They only scored 18 points in the fourth quarter, the Bulls did, but they did just start to win it. And uh, Levine, you know, led the way in, in, in OT. couple observations here. One, you can tell that Zach Levine is still trying to get his timing back. Uh, you saw that a little bit in that Charlotte game on Monday, which they also 
one on the road. But this game against the Rockets, you can tell he's starting to get a little bit more confidence back in um, uh, within the trying to play within the flow of the, of the team. You mentioned he had 25 points and 13 rebounds. He was big, especially uh, in that overtime. Also, to Kobe White, who, who struggled toward the end of the calendar year in December and to start out January, he's starting to pick it back up again. I know he's been averaging close uh, closer to 31 points uh, the, the last couple of games before Wednesday night's victory over the Rockets, and he's starting to pick it up again. But as I told you, Lakina, from the start of the season until now, this team has to average between 25 and 32 assists as a team for this team to win. They picked up 31 assists as a team. But the other problem that I had, Lakina, and we've been saying this for the last couple of years, points in the paint. The Houston Rockets, uh, Rockets dominated them inside inside scoring in the paint. and It, it, it was just brutal. I like that Sagan kid for Houston. Remember, he did damage against the Bulls at, uh, the day after Christmas last year. He had 25 mm -hmm. points and nine rebounds. And Fred Van Fleet, uh, Rockford's very young, uh, in his only um, appearance in Chicago this year, that point guard for the Houston Rockets, uh, he also um, scored, uh, scored big as well. He he had 20 points and six rebounds. So I like that Houston Rockets team, Lakina. Uh, I know they're in the playing tournament. The season would, would, end, would, would end today. But this Bulls team, I'm, I'm not going to crap on them just yet. Are there a top six team in the league? No. But I think they're good enough just to make the play and that everything stands pat. Yeah, and I think that they could, like I said, they, they've been the, the Nuggets this year. They've been a couple other uh, top teams, especially out west. So uh, this team is not, you know, like to be taken lightly. So uh, the fact that the Bulls were able to kind of you know, overcome, like the 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 you know, the, the, the gyps and the uh, the yips, I should say, in the mm -hmm. fourth quarter to come back and win it in overtime, I think that's a big yo know, victory for the Bulls. So uh, you'll you'll take it. So uh, yeah, I mean, you had a good week there. Of course, like you said, they beat you know, Charlotte, you know, in Charlotte. So. Got they got their two and zero this week, so a uh, nice little show for the Bulls. We'll see if they can keep it going against the Warriors tonight. Yeah, and what do you expect out of this game tonight? We'll dive deeper into the Warriors in just a second, but what do you expect from this Bulls team tonight? Of course, Draymond Green has been uh, cleared to practice with the team. I don't, I, I don't think he's going to play tonight, but he still has Steph. Chris Paul is out with a broken hand, which is devastating for them because he's been one there yeah. only a few. Um, sustainable pieces all year. So yep. it's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, everybody else tonight. But from the Bulls' perspective, what do you expect from them tonight? I think they can keep up with the Warriors. Like you said, I mean, if you can catch Steph in a bad shooting, you know Steph loves playing here in Chicago, loves putting mm -hmm. on a show. So uh, I'm sure he's going to want to you know, get those threes going. And then and if he gets going, they're going to be tough to beat. So, uh, But the Bulls actually have been the Warriors before at home. So this is not like they're, like they're scared. They did it last Warriors. year. Yeah, so, you know, it's not that they're scared of the Warriors. So, uh, you know, they can definitely do it. And I think since Levine's getting better, Vooch is getting better, I think they can definitely hang with them. Now, will they beat him? You know, I don't know. But, you know, I think Clay Thompson, you know, if they're if he and Steph are kind of like, you know, they can get it going from the three-point range and they're the only ones that are providing that offense for the Warriors, as we've seen in some of those games lately, mm -hmm. I think the Bulls may have a shot here to perhaps, perhaps beat him. But, again, you know, if the Bulls need to kind of, you know, you know, get, like you said, get pass the ball around, you know, get the offense through Roots, you know, make sure DeRosa gets his his shots. Kobe White, he's starting to kind of get out of his uh, funk a little bit. He's had some good games the last couple, the last two games. So, uh, yeah, if they can kind of get it going here, they can kind of counteract, you know, whatever the Warriors go throw at them. I think they could definitely keep up with perhaps maybe win again. I want to see the Bulls improve their defense, especially within the interior, which means more 
more rebounding. I know the Rockets uh, rebounded the Bulls with a plus four margin, 50 to 46 in their last game on Wednesday. But I want to see the Bulls be more active on the boards. As I mentioned, Zach Levine grabbed 13 of them on Wednesday in that overtime win over Houston. But I want to see Andre Drummond's a step up with some more minutes tonight and, and bring that intensity off the benches, especially on the defensive end. I want to see Vucevic have a little bit more confidence and step up his rebounding game as well. So, And Patrick Williams, he's been having a disappearing act um, these last uh, couple weeks or so. So I want to see him uh, get back on track tonight. Because remember, he was one of the – of this perhaps the second best player on the Bulls during the month of December. Uh, his play's been uh, dipping a little bit these last couple of weeks. I want to see him improve his game tonight as they take on the Warriors. Maybe see, maybe seeing a lot of that too. I think Bush may have a big game tonight too, especially on the inside because that's been the Warriors' mm-hmm. weak spot. So uh, he might, he might have a big exactly. game. He and Drum may have a big, may have both have big games tonight. So we'll see about that. Edgeless Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago with Keenan McGee, Brown with you. Now we're going to go around the league here, talking some NBA. Uh, blowout Thursday, as I call it. Uh, you know, some of these games were, you know, blowouts for the most part. Uh, Phoenix beat uh, the Lakers 127 109. Bradley Beal, his first games back, starting to find his group a little bit. 37 points, a season high for him. So uh, now that Beal's back, I think. Now it looks like maybe the Suns are finally becoming that Suns team that we that we were hoping to see in this earlier this season. Can we shove the Kevin Durant wants to be traded talk? Even Kevin <laughs> Durant said to himself, like, yes, I'm frustrated with things that are going right now, but yeah. I do not want to be traded. This this is not Brooklyn. Stop it. All right, enough of that. Absolutely. But as as we talked about all season long, Lakina, it's all about getting healthy and gelling with the Suns team, as we mentioned, with all the injuries and Hopefully Bradley Beal can stay healthy. If he does, him, Brad, him, Durant, and Devin Booker uh, will be an unstoppable force offensively. But you said Nourish uh, defensively brings a, a glue to that a team defensively. And we talked about what Grace Allen has done for this Phoenix, 16, Phoenix Suns team defensively as well. So long as those guys can stay healthy, I think Phoenix will be fine. Now, can they crawl back to that uh, top six spot? I think they can. Just one good long stretch of winning will do that for for this Phoenix Suns team. And I think they can do it too. Like I said, just gotta I think so too. Yeah, they can keep everybody healthy. That's gonna be the key. Now going to Dallas now as the Mavs uh gave you know give the uh the Knicks their first loss since the OG uh and no and trade at 128 124. This is without uh uh, uh Dockage who um who had a you know, you know, good to see Kyrie Irving back. He has, he's a high 44. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. had 32 points. So it was really the three-point uh, range. You know, uh, Hardaway Jr. was 6 for 13 for three. Uh, Kyrie was uh, 6 for 10 for, for three as well. That's what really what kind of uh, propelled the Mavs over the Knicks. Yes, we said before, we'll say it again. There's the other guys who had to step in and help out Luka and Kyrie. You mentioned Luka didn't play last night. But then you mentioned the Tim Hardaway Jr., um, Derek Jones Jr., who's now a former Bull, by the way, now with the Mavericks, all those other guys mm-hmm. have to step and step up. It's a, a total team effort to help pick up the production that you lack from Lucas. So that's what happened last night, and uh, Dallas came out with a victory. And also, too, head coach Jason Kidd is going to tighten up that team defense. I know they gave up 124 last night, but remember how they got to the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago uh they commit themselves uh to the to the to the defensive end and that's how that one of the reasons why they got there let's, let's see they need that kind of for turnaround again 
Absolutely. So, uh, like I said, we'll see, in, you know, what happens with the Mavs, and uh, hopefully that they can get that consistent play if, you know, Doc is going to be in and out of the lineup with an ankle. Uh, the mm-hmm. blowout thing continues as uh, the Thunder just hammered uh, the Blazers, 139-77. Uh, so, you know, easily one of the lowest uh, uh, points scored by the Blazers. It's, it's not the worst, but I think it's like, I think it's scored like 58, like, years ago uh, in the totally the game. But, uh, yeah, it was all uh, – Thunder here as a shy Gilligas Alexander had 31. Um, Jalen Williams had had uh, 21. Also, Chad Holmgren had 19. So, uh, all it was basically it was, it was a three point fest there. They shot almost 40 percent from from three. So, uh, yeah, uh, pretty impressive by the Thunder. Yeah, so he said before, we'll say it again the OKC Thunder is this, <coughs> excuse me, is this year's version of the Sacramento Kings coming out of nowhere, of course. Last year, Oklahoma City came close in participating in the NBA playoffs. This year, they're turning a huge corner. And Chet Holmgren is your top two candidate for NBA Rookie of the Year. Of course, he missed his original rookie year last year with that uh, ACL injury. But you mentioned Jalen Williams, my guy. Uh, he's he's contributing mildly offensively. People may pay attention to him. You talk about Shy Gildas Alexander. He's Going to be an all-star, in my opinion, again this year for the second year in a row. So I like the way that that team is playing. We all know about the struggles on the flip side for Portland. So, it, it like like I said, just looking at that score last night, McKinney, it's like you're the big brother playing against your little brother in a video game. And, and, and that little brother, when he plays that video game long enough, he'll beat you like that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I loved playing the uh, the uh, the Blazers as they're the first mm-hmm. team in his in NBA history to outscore their an opponent by a hundred plus points over a span of two games. Remember, they beat Portland by forty three in November. So that you know this this game last night was even worse than that first game. That's your so, stats. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a oh god, that that's brutal. I think they only play each other one more time. Thank goodness if you're <laughs> glad about that. If you're Portland, uh, speaking of the blowouts again, the theme uh, continues as the. The uh the Bucks just uh beat the Celtics 135-102. Uh Bobby Porter is a Bobby, as you know, we call him. <laughs> yeah, I played it here in Chicago. 28 points for uh for him. Um and sort of like this it was basically I think they cut away. I think TNT cut away from the game, <laughs> I think, because it was it got so bad. So uh yeah, and this was actually without no Giannis. So uh this is even more impressive they were able to do this without Giannis. Uh just a uh, struggles from the field for uh, for the three point especially for the Celtics. Only nine for thirty, nine for thirty five from three. Um, you know, Tatum uh, seven points. No, I'm not. No, that's not a typo. Uh, Jalen Brown only had ten. So uh, all the you know, it was just oh god. I, yeah. Again, if you're the, if you're a Celtics fan, though, you just you know take the tape and just burn it. Just 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 burn it. Just burn it. If you're a Celtics fan. And plus, Boston were—they were playing on the second game of a back-to-back. They had to travel from Boston from the previous night, and they played in—they um, played an emotional game against the Minnesota Timberwolves at home. Yep. They had to come back from come back from double digits to beat them, beat Minnesota in overtime. So overtime, yep. uh, they put all their heart and energy into that game, and so uh, they didn't—they didn't have it last night, as you said. They'll—they'll they'll burn it, Tim. I think the Celtics will be fine. It's a long 82-game season. Unfortunately, these things happen sometimes. So if you're a Celtics fan, you may be disappointed in the moment, but I don't think this is not, this is not going to have a lingering effect down the road. This is a young yeah. veteran group, and it should let it affect them. 
Yeah, if you saw that game, uh, we'll talk about the game in a second. If you saw that game on Wednesday, it was, yeah, it was really a grind. They literally had to grind it out. They were down by like 13 points going into the mm-hmm. late in the third, and uh, they were got into a run. They were able to pull it out. So you kind of saw they were already worn out. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, there was no Giannis there either uh, for uh, Milwaukee. So, uh, yeah, that was a kind of a, like a, you know, a pull-out, a, a throwaway game if you're both of them. So, we know uh, this one thing. He didn't have to look for the game ball. <laughs> No, no, he didn't. No, no, he because didn't, he didn't, didn't play. play. <laughs> he didn't play. So yeah, so whatever. But uh, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, Brooklyn uh, and Cleveland, of course, they played in Paris. Uh, Brooklyn's were very well traveled. Uh, this is actually what there's six different countries they played in. Uh, you know, of course, they played in uh, Paris. I mean, in Paris, France. Yesterday, of course, unfortunately, they lost to uh, the Cavs. It was actually close. Though, 111 to 102. 45 points, a career high for Mr. Donovan Mitchell, uh, uh, season high, I should say, for Mr. Donovan Mitchell. And uh, they put they put on a little bit of a showdown there in Cleveland. They're starting to kind of get a little bit better as guys are starting to get healthy. Yeah, if you're a Bulls fan and you're thankful for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Brooklyn Nets because these are two teams that are going in opposite directions. Of course, Cleveland uh, trying to get back on track as they get their guys back healthy, including Donovan Mitchell, as you mentioned. The Brooklyn Nets, they have just been tanking over the last two or three weeks. And, and right now, the Bulls are sitting at the number nine spot to, to participate in the play-in tournament. Thank you, Brooklyn Nets, for falling. <laughs> yeah, for free fall, exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so, yeah, you're happy if you're a Bulls fan right now. I know some people aren't, but, you know, it's a whole different conversation. Uh, to, to, to Wednesday's games, you got, of course, the Clippers uh, held off Toronto. Utah with a nice win over Denver, 124-111. Jordan Clarkson had 27, and uh, Utah's playing a little bit better lately. Yeah, will it be enough for them to participate in the playing tournament? I'm not sure, but you still have young guys like Laurie Market, former Chicago Bull, who was an all-star last year. I know they got out to a little bit of a rocky start, but I don't know if they can uh, get on the roll here in time in time for the playoff uh, to participate in the playing tournament. But uh, that's another team uh, we talked about with the Rockets earlier. It's another team that you cannot take your eyes off of Utah. So even though they, uh, that they didn't, they didn't have a surprising start this year, unlike last year, uh, you still got to be careful with them because they can, uh, they be, they can become a dangerous team. If you, if you look past them. Absolutely. Uh, definitely a team to look out for there. Uh, the Pelicans just hammer uh, Golden State. 141 105. That's got to be like that's that's probably like one of the highest points totals that Golden State has given up, especially during the so Steve Kerr uh era. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just a bad shooting night for uh for the Warriors. So, uh, yeah, that, that's gonna be interesting. Look, something to look out for as they play the Bulls tonight. Uh, OKC <laughs> beat Miami 128 120. Uh, overtime, uh, Atlanta beat uh Philly 139 132. Trey Young had 25. Uh, there, uh, Pacers only scored 112, <laughs> but it did beat the beat the Wizards 112, uh, 104. Spurs beat uh, Detroit. Uh, you hope this isn't the start of another long losing streak for Detroit. <laughs> Hopefully, that's not the case. Uh, Kings beat the Hornets as the Kings you know, continue their uh, East Coast trip. And of course, we talked about this game. Uh, Boston had to come back from double digits to beat Minnesota in over, overtime, 127, 120. So you got to think that that kind of leaned into you know last night's game against Milwaukee. So uh, yeah, if you're Boston, you kind of like you know what, it's fine. Just like I said, just it, it happens. It's kind of look, especially in a long season in the NBA, you're gonna have those kind of games where you just don't feel it, or just you're, you're exhausted. So yeah, I'm not gonna you know freak out about them you know losing to uh, to Milwaukee, especially after what happened in this game on Wednesday. 
On the flip side for Minnesota, they're in a, a mini a slump in terms of the losing mm -hmm. streak right now. They lost a close one at Dallas last week. Of course, they lost another tough one. Uh, you talk about with the Celtics uh, the other night. But Anthony Edwards is still continues to uh, amaze people. It looks like he's uh, taking that next step, as, uh, as I said before, before the season started. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to do some amazing things as a team for him to be considered a top-five MVP candidate. Well, Minnesota is still holding on to that number one spot in the West, and Anthony Edwards is having an amazing season. He's definitely a top-two, top-three candidate for MVP this year. Definitely, and I think, I think they're a little – I'm not more about Minnesota right now. They got a little bit of a cushion in front of everybody, but now if they mm -hmm. start – if they if it continues throughout the month, then you can kind of – and you know, as your team – as teams like Phoenix and, you know, kind of creep up, you're like – and the OKC is right there too. You, they're creeping up like, okay, yeah, you may have a shot here to kind of sneak up on them a little bit. So definitely something to look out for as we go, like, into the – throughout the – going into the All-Star break in about seven about, – about six weeks. Uh, going into Tuesday's matchups, I want to talk about this real quick. You know, Toronto and Los Angeles. If you, I saw this game. Jeez, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, free throw attempts were the theme here, or lack thereof, I guess. And the in the uh, last four minutes of that game, uh, nineteen uh, free throw attempts for uh, the Lakers, zero for the Raptors. That's the largest sh uh, shutout and free throw attempts over the last four minutes of regulation in NBA games since you all the way back to twenty ten. So. Uh, uh, well, actually, the audience said the bra was actually there too. He played was waiting for the Heat at the time. They had 19 and 0 uh, advantage to uh, against the Jazz. They, of course, they but they lost in overtime, so that was a totally different situation there. But uh, uh, Darko Rogovic, uh, the coach for uh, the Raptors, got fined 25 grand uh, yesterday for his uh, rant. I wish he had the rant on there. This is it was it was pure gold. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> I wish he had it on hot here, but uh, yeah, it was. He didn't swear, you know. He he went through like like almost two minutes, but continuous. And of course, he got he's from Serbia, so he has that 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 thick Serbian accent. And but look, give him credit. He didn't swear. He kind of you know he didn't take a breath. So uh, look, if, 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 look, if the coach doesn't work for him, he could be a motivational speaker if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, you know, people don't when people tell the truth, you tell what uh, what kind of person you are. Can you handle it or can you not? And uh, he, like you said, he ran on that race. Like Scotty Barnes is a, a potential all-star player. We don't get the calls either. <laughs> yeah, it, it, he, he spoke the yeah. truth. And so I, I appreciate that. He was, he was, yeah, you actually say he was the MVP candidate. And I'm like, okay, hold on here. Hold on, uh, coach. I don't know you're on the back of your guy, but let, let's slow down on the MVP talk from Mr. Scotty Barnes. Yeah, he was wound up, so you appreciate that. But you know what, Richard, reminds me of? I forget uh, he's on the – I forget which team he's assistant coaching this year. But remember David Fisdale when he was head coach of uh, Memphis? Yeah. Vince Carter was on the Vince Carter was on the team. I think it was 2015 when they played the Spurs in the first round of the playoffs. They lost, I believe uh -huh. it was game three. He was like, take that for data. <laughs> and they were talking about the free throw discrepancies. Uh, yes. I know it's <laughs> not – they're not supposed to criticize the refs in front of the media, but – Hey, nine times out of ten, it works. Remember, Memphis won that next game. And, yes, of course, I know is. they lost the series. They ended oh, up losing right. that series. But uh, when you get your message out there, um, most if you do it right, you strategically do it right, it usually works for you in that next game. Yeah, so hopefully it, it works with in Toronto in, that, in, in their next game. I know, I know they lost by six points to the Clippers, but hopefully this will serve them in, in a good way down the road. 
Yeah, they play. Uh, well, they actually have a game tonight, so we'll talk about that in a second. Of course, David Fitzgerald mm-hmm. is now. Remember, he's one of uh, Frank Vogel's uh, top assistants over in uh, Phoenix. So Phoenix, now, so. okay, yeah, Phoenix. That's yeah. where it was. Yeah. So, like I yeah. saw him on the bench early, early in the year. I know which team, but yeah, 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 yeah. So he's with Phoenix. Take right that. Now. that <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. That's hilarious. Uh, of course, Memphis beat Dallas. Uh, uh, one twenty one oh three. Uh, the Knicks beat the Blazers. These are one, two teams I'm talking about. Uh, T Wolves, uh, no trouble with Orlando, and uh, the Kings beat Detroit. No, I'm not repeating myself. I'm not repeating myself, folks. They actually, <laughs> so uh, yeah. But yeah, that's your schedule for uh, for the week. And now we're going to this weekend's uh, okay. game. Real quick, Lakina, Memphis will be out without point guard John Moran for the rest oh, of the yeah, year because of the uh, because of the shoulder uh, shoulder surgery. Yeah. Here's the thing for, for Memphis, unfortunately. I think this was going to be a lost year anyway because they got off to that rough start before yeah. John Moran made his return. I know Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart, R.I.P. Tom Heinsohn, yeah. uh, he, uh, he yeah. suffered through some early season injuries as well. But Memphis will, if they're smart, they'll look good for next year. They'll have a mm-hmm. top five, top ten pick at best. And, mm-hmm. and, and John, you'll have a healthy John Moran and Marcus Smart. So uh, Memphis, even though the, I know there some of their fans don't want to hear this, but it's going to be a lost year for them. But uh, things could look up for them um, a great next year. Remember, Stephen Adams is out too. So Memphis could be that top five, top 16 next year. So uh, the, if they play this right, the future could be bright for them next year. Yeah, uh, John Moran tore his, uh, his labor uh, against uh, against Dallas. And, of course, he had surgery uh, yesterday. It went well, but, unfortunately, he's going to be mm-hmm. gone for years. I think it's like eight or nine months. Like They're saying that the recovery time. So uh, it's such a problem, mm-hmm. too, because he was actually looking pretty good when he came back, you know, mm-hmm. he stayed out of trouble, didn't say anything, you know, was a, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a good citizen. So, you know, but, you know, you feel bad, but like I said, it was, like I said, it was, gonna be, it was a lost season for Memphis anyway. So, uh, you know, it, but because there was such a big hole before he got back. So yeah, it's going to be a uh, tough, but uh, like you said, I think, you know, Memphis fans should be a little bit encouraged by the future. So we'll see what happens there. Now we can go into uh, this weekend's games. You got uh, tonight, you got Sacramento and Philadelphia. That should be a fun one on ESPN. I know Philly was going to want to, you know, they've had a rough little stretch, rough week, uh, a stretch. So I'm sure they're going to love to get a little bit of a, get a little bit of a kind of get back there against Sacramento. Should be a fun one tonight on ESPN. You got Indiana and Atlanta. Should be a good one there. Take the over on that one. Yes. Detroit hosts Houston. Hopefully this isn't, you know, like a new streak, you know, going, you know, that would be pretty bad. Uh, Miami and Orlando in the Battle of South Beach. Well, well, Florida, I guess. Of course, we talked about the Warriors and the Bulls. And, uh, of course, Memphis, speaking of, they host uh, the Clippers tonight. Uh, finishing out uh, the Friday night schedule tonight for those of you losing it back on the replay. Uh, Portland would visit Minnesota. Charlotte would visit San Antonio. Victor Wimbiyama and crew. Uh, the Raptors will take on the Utah Jazz. And the second half of the ESPN Friday night doubleheader tonight will feature New Orleans at Denver. All right, go ahead to tomorrow's game, Saturday, or today, if you were listening to, uh, back to the replay. Houston and Boston should be interesting. Uh, they, I'm sure Boston will have you know, be a little bit of a recover from uh, last night's uh, you know pounding by Milwaukee. Uh, Washington and Atlanta, uh, Knicks and Grizzlies, and the NBA TV game of, of the night. You got Golden State and Milwaukee, speaking of Milwaukee. And that's the second game in the back-to-back for the Golden State Warriors, finishing out the Saturday night schedule. Of course, the Bulls and the Spurs will play uh, at 7.30 uh, tomorrow. Of course, you have Orlando at Oklahoma City. 
New Orleans at Dallas, the Lakers at Utah to take on the Jazz, and they'll finish up your Saturday schedule. You're going to be interested to see the Bull, how long the Bulls get, because you know the weather's pretty nasty here, so hopefully they can get to San Antonio at a pretty reasonable yeah. hour. Uh, hopefully, they can get there safely uh, at, a, at a reasonable time. Uh, Sunday's games, you've got Indiana and De- and uh, Denver at two thirty. You know, note the start time there. Uh, Charlotte and Miami, uh, Sacramento and Milwaukee at six. In the last two games for the Sunday night schedule, as you watch in NFL Super Wildcard Weekend, we'll have the Clippers and the Timberwolves at six o'clock, and Phoenix will visit Portland at eight o'clock. So there's your. Uh, Schedule, get it out, Sid. There's your Sunday schedule <laughs> in the NBA for Sunday. Uh, easy, yeah, get that deal. Yeah, easy for you to say, Sid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this weekend in the NBA, gonna be a busy weekend in the NBA, so it should be a fun one. Uh, here now with a really quick break as hour number one is in the books. Hour number two is coming up. As well as I can see, sports on Sports of Chicago, we'll go talk some college hoops for a little bit after the break. Uh, a wild uh, week as there were a lot of upsets and no more undefeated in college hoops. And also, too, we'll you'll know, get right into the uh, the meat of the uh, Super Wild Card Weekend, including a potential any potential upsets. Hmm. hmm. We'll see. Lakina McGee, City Brown, Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, uh, college hoops in the NFL coming up right after this. Do you know that you're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports and the Hashtag Football Friday Edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Soul Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter, X, and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow my Kenny McGee on the Twitter, X, and Kenny's going to be in the IG. We have less than an hour left of this extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show. If you have any questions or comments or opinions, you can find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Don't be scared. <laughs> the best one, so the comments and questions will be put up on the screen by Lakina. And just a daily reminder, you can watch us not now, but right now or on demand for later. Right now, available on we are available on Roku TV. All right, so let's do a little college truth real quick before we dive mm-hmm. right into uh, football. A uh, Friday, a uh, busy second hour coming up. Uh, Illinois, uh, you know, it was back and forth with uh, Michigan State for a little bit last night, but they pulled away, holding them off. Uh, 71 68. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, who's a funny follow on Twitter, on Twitter by, by the way, you, if you guys, you know, please check out his Twitter. He's, he's just hilarious, but uh, he did you know, take a break, you know, 15 points, you'll lead the way for the Illini. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of, like I said, it was back and forth a little bit. I think Michigan was up by, like, four or five points early in the second half. But it was three-point, good three-point shooting. You know, those shots, of course, led by Coleman Hawkins by, you know, and the Illini to pull off, pull it, pull it out late. Yeah, you love the balance score that, uh, that the Illini had last night. As you mentioned, Coleman Hawkins, one of those young veterans. He had 15 points. Matt Dozmek had 15 points as well. Ty Rogers, who's been on the team the last three years, uh, he finally got some extended playing time, too, of course. Due to the uh, the absence of Terrence Shannon Jr. with the suspension, Ty Rogers uh, chipped in with 15 points as well. 12 points coming off the uh, line nine bench. Uh, that was very impressive as well, Lakina. But the one thing that concerned me, we talked about this last week. They got out rebounded by double digits last Friday around this time, like at Purdue, and that's uh, one of the reasons why they lost. Even though. The Illinois was they were minus three in the rebounding department last uh, in the rebounding department last night. You could tell that they were much more attentive on the defensive end. Yes, Michigan made their run. Yes, Tyson Walker had 17 points, and Michigan did get hot late yeah. uh, with their shooting. But the Illini were very very well detailed. They played much better, in my opinion, defensively last night. Yeah, really a couple of big steals there uh, for the Illini as they held off Michigan State. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I know that, um, you know, Terrence Shannon, you know, Jr., I think, you know, put out an injunction. We'll see if, you know, any legal leave, any that, you know, anything comes to fruition there. So he wants to he wants to go back to playing and, and such. So, uh, yeah, let that get a little bit more complicated, so we won't talk about that. But, yeah, I mean, Illinois, they they, they kind of held it together a little bit. I know they had the loss against Purdue, so we'll see they do how they do the rest of the Big Ten season. That's getting any easier for them, but so we'll talk about that mm-hmm. in a second. Now, uh, going with the theme here of upsets, uh, Santa Clara upset uh, Gonzaga holding them off 77-76 with their first win against Gonzaga. I'm talking about the Broncos since you're going all the way back to 2011 was the last time they beat Gonzaga. With uh, a Hall of Famer in the house, uh, who's their famous alum, uh, Sid, from Santa Clara? Ooh, that I'm, I'm not. I'm not using Google, folks. So I'm. This is live, and I'm guessing on the fly. Can you give me a clue? What's my okay. clue? Okay, okay. Uh, he was a player and a coach in the NBA. Ooh, he was a player and a coach in the NBA. Okay, so it's not okay. who I thought Canadian? it was. Canadian. Dark I'm going to say it anyway, even though I'll, I'll be wrong. Steve Nash? 
You got it. Ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> yes. Remember, remember he, yeah, remember he was part of that uh, 93 uh, Santa Clara to upset uh, Davis, Donna Meyer, and the Arizona right. squad back, yeah, back in 93 in the NCAA tournament. Um, but yeah, he was in the house. Uh, I think they were doing like a ring of honor. I think they were either retired jerseys or a ring of honor or something like that for him over there. So uh, yeah, they they they, they put on it. It was nice that they put on a show for him. I know uh, he beat Gonzaga uh, a couple of times. Gonzaga's kind of been in free for all. I mean, this is probably I don't want to say this is the worst uh, team Mark Hughes had, but he has has a lot of the top recruits like he's had in recent years. And it looks like the West Coast Conference starting to kind of catch up to him a little bit. Yeah, I know we'll talk about this in college football coming up with all the coaching changes there. But uh, we talked about it for the last couple of years of college basketball, Lakina. Now uh, we'll leave the NIL uh, aspect out of this, but with the um, so many athletes uh, entering the transfer portal, you, you uh, some many of these coaches in these big time schools, you do not, I repeat, do not have the monopoly on the talent like you used to way back when. So. We're starting to see the effects of it now, and you're going to continue to see it for the years to come. Yeah, St. Mary's like they're the class of that 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 league this year. Uh, they had no trouble with uh, Portland, uh, Washington beat Arizona State. Um, here the other ones of no here. I'm talking about the ones from uh because Wednesday was even weirder. Uh, UCLA beat Utah. Um, you know, Utah beat UCLA. UCLA has not had a good year this year, so yeah, not a. Could be a long year for Mick Cronin and James Madison. They got back on track by being uh, South Alabama. Now, Wednesday was even weirder. I, I called it Weird Wednesday for a reason. You know, UConn, no trouble with, uh, with Xavier. They held them off. They beat them by five. But Kansas lose to UCF. Uh, tennis, uh, Mississippi State beat Tennessee. Uh, USC, no weirdness here. Maybe NC State. Their success straight year went against NC State. Uh, TCU, a mile upset, not really a big upset, but a mile one against uh, Oklahoma, Porter Moses, or his squad. Butler, with their biggest win in a while, they beat Marquette. Uh, Memphis needed overtime, but they avoid the upset bug. They beat uh, uh, UT San Antonio. Uh, Shout out P.D. Hardaway. They, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Wisconsin, same thing. They were to hold off uh, Ohio State. Virginia Tech, they beat Clemson. So yeah, so it was definitely a weird, uh, definitely a weird uh, week in a uh, college. Which usually does that's something that sometimes happens this time of year. I know Houston uh, lost to uh, Iowa State. Yeah, they were the last undefeated team, so they know they're no longer the undefeated team. So uh, they got their mm-hmm. first spot place to uh, Iowa State and uh, Nebraska with their nice big win. Uh, easily their biggest, their best win in the full, uh, the uh, the Fred, uh, Fred Horber era. Easy for me to say. Uh, they had no trouble. They just pound Purdue. 8072 uh Kasai uh, If you have not heard of this guy's name, he is hilarious. He's fun. You know, he's always has a lot of energy. He led the way for the courthouse with 19 points. He's one of the reasons why Nebraska is kind of where they are right now, and perhaps on the coast of going back to the tournament. And uh, a really big win for uh for uh for them against Purdue. Yeah, the Fred Horbert, we talked about him last week as uh they had a big bro game uh, at Wisconsin. They didn't show up there. Wisconsin were clearly the better team, but uh, those kids got that bad loss out of their system real quick. As you mentioned, they beat the number one team, not just in the Big Ten, but the perhaps the number one team in the country. So, uh, again, uh, the Cornhuskers and Frey Hoiberg and crew keep this up. We shall see. Also, too, I want to give TCU some credit, the, the Horn Frogs. Uh, we talked about them losing a close one to Kansas on the road last Saturday. They got a big win against Porter Moser's number nine ranked Oklahoma Sooners at home. 
yeah, a nice win for uh, for them. And I hope, you know, it's kind of like sort of one of those things where, like I said, I mean, like we're kind of into, we're getting into the meet of conference play right now. There's no easy mm-hmm. wins here for a lot of these teams. I know uh, Boise State, they upset Colorado State, hoping to freshen up their resume. So, you know, this is going to be like one of those things where it's really going to be like kind of like a slugfest to see like who can kind of get those last uh, bubble spots. I mean, Baylor, uh, they're starting to, yeah, after that, Kids slaughtered by Michigan State on the road. They've won, I think, like about eight in a row since. So, uh, you know, they beat uh, BYU. Kind of a little welcome to the Big 12, I guess, for BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, Duke, no trouble with uh, Pitt. Uh, also, UK, uh, Kentucky, no trouble with Mizzou. So, uh, yeah. So, there were actually some teams that did avoid the upset this week in college hoops. Okay. Now, let's go into the schedule for this weekend for college basketball. We won't go through all of them. We'll just go through some of the important games. Tonight, Friday, mm-hmm. DePaul's at Villanova. That's at uh, 7.30 p.m. local time on FS1. I won't let you yeah. yell about DePaul. We won't let you blow your blood vessel there. <laughs> at, eight, <laughs> at 8.30 p.m. on Big Ten Network, we'll have Nebraska. Um, Fred Hoiberg and crew, they'll visit Iowa. Uh, hopefully uh, the fans will be safe there because of this uh, winter yeah. weather storm there. So hopefully they can get that game in tonight. And of course, Boise State versus Nevada. That's at 9.30 p.m. on FS1. Should be a fun with everybody knows two teams, some of the top teams in the Mountain West Conference. Now, tomorrow, some good ones here. You got uh, Tennessee and Georgia, Tom Cream and the gang. That'll be at ES- on ESPN2 at 11. Uh, Syracuse, you know, they have a new regime there as uh, they face uh, North Carolina. North Carolina, you know, trying to get to that top five on ESPN. That's also at 11 a.m. Northwestern will have a, a, a tough one at the Kohl Center against Wisconsin. Uh, I'll be looking forward to this game. That should be interesting. Uh, you know, both teams can shoot the three pretty well. Uh, Louisville, they host NC State on the CW Network, your WGN here in Chicago. It could so weather could be a factor with some of these games. So uh, this is sort of like you know weather permitting, I guess. Uh, Seton Hall and Butler on FS1 and 11. Uh, Creighton um, meets St. John's. They host St. John's on Fox. Should be a good one there. Uh, Rick Pitino and his you know his crew. He got his guys playing very well in his first year back at the Big East. You know, big test there in Omaha against Creighton. Ole oh Miss, come, <laughs> yeah, Ole Miss come out their first loss of the season. They face uh, Jerry Stackhouse and his Vanderbilt squad. Okay, uh, one o'clock on. I'm, I'm a little surprised this isn't the national television, but I digress. Both teams coming off uh, tough losses. Oklahoma and Kansas they face each other on the Big Twelve ESPN Plus streaming network. Yeah, that should be on mainstream TV, not streaming. Oh boy, but I I I, I digress. I digress. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, weird. Look, you know, you say you do weird things sometimes. Uh, Kentucky and uh, Texas A&M on ESPN. Good one here in the Mountain West. You got New Mexico hosting San Diego State on CBS at one o'clock. So that should be a fun one there. Uh, UIC, they have a nice season so far. Also, Bradley as well in the Missouri Valley. Xavier and Providence at one o'clock on FS1. You see any games that are that kind of uh, pique your interest in? Uh, number two, Houston visiting TCU. That's at five o'clock tomorrow, Saturday on ESPN. That should be a Interesting one. LSU will visit number 16, Auburn. And, of course, for Sunday, if I can get it up on my screen here, a couple of games that interest me on Sunday. Number 13, Memphis will visit Wichita State. That's at noon on Sunday on ESPN2. Hopefully, Penny Hardaway and Corbin continue their winning ways. And, of course, the final line, uh, ranked number 10, they'll host number uh, they'll host the 10-6 Maryland Terrapins down in Champaign. That's on Sunday at 1 o'clock on Big Ten Network. 
Yeah, Maryland's gonna be interesting with Maryland how they do. Yeah, that's gonna be a could be a track game for them, but we'll see what happens there. USC and Colorado going back to a, a tomorrow night's games Saturday night nine nine o'clock on ESPN two. And uh, yeah, I think you cover pretty much all the like the big the main games today. Like there's so much so much calls. Like I said, the you know, weather could be a factor with some of these games out on the East Coast. So um, you know, you know, keep your eye out, eye out on your local affiliates there for for that that for that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much kind of covers it all. So yeah, we got pretty much. Well, Illinois State and they meet uh, Valparaiso on Sunday. Uh, Murray State and, and uh, they host Northern Iowa. A little love there for the Mount, uh, the Missouri Valley. I should say and uh, Washington and U- UCLA at the Pac-12 Network. UCLA just uh, not a not having a good season. McCronin, so uh, he might be on the hot seat there in Los Angeles. So uh, yeah, we'll some see. of those media members are getting tired of his act too. But we'll yeah. see what happens with yeah. that. <laughs> You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, the Friday edition. We're live in the living color. Celia Kenny here with you on Sports Zone Chicago. Let's now talk some college football. Of course, uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide made their move quickly after Nick Saban retired early uh, earlier this week. Um, Kalen DeBoer, uh, the former head coach of the Washington Huskies, who lost earlier this week to the Michigan Wolverines in the national championship game, he is now their new head coach. Yeah, I just saw that. You know, um, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, wow. Yeah, I just saw Adam Winberg just tweeted. I'm like, wow, okay, they're going. Oh, okay, so uh, yeah, that's a little interesting there. Uh, I know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to our buddy Christine uh, Matica about this because, of course, he he played at South, you know, at Sioux Falls, uh, the University mm-hmm. of Sioux Falls, was in an IA squad, won a national championship there in the mid '90s, won a couple of national championships in a, in a IA championship as a head coach. Um, of course, went to Washington. I mean, okay, I, I guess. I, I mean, we know he can recruit, um, so you know that that that's not going to be a problem. But uh, yeah, you went from the Pac-12 all the way to the SEC, and now you're following. You're follow. You're following a legend. Nick Saban. We'll talk more about him in a second. But yeah, interesting. I guess. Kinda I thought Lane Kiffin would get a consideration, but uh, I he guess told him not. No. <laughs> Well, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. Here kind of the timeline. As soon as that okay. news came out, Ken Lane Kevin already said he wasn't interested. There was okay. a, there was supposed to report that Dan Lane was on his way to Tuscaloosa. That wasn't true. He's not interested. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, who was uh, there, uh, another one of uh, Saban's uh, top um, a top assistants. A lot of people thought that he was going to go back there. Nope, I'm nope. He says I'm staying in Texas. Uh, there was another crap. There was another guy's name. Darn it. Uh, there was oh 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 Mike Norville. Mike Norville, there was his name. His name was being floating around as well. He said, "Not only I'm not not going, I'm getting. I got a new contract assistant, a new bump up his salary for Florida State." So yeah, I, I mean, uh, mm. here's the thing. Uh, uh, congrats to Kalen DeBoer for getting that job. But here's the thing with those names you just mentioned: you don't want to be the guy that's replacing a legend because all that pressure is going to be on you to trying to live up to uh, to that standard of that previous head culture, especially with a big. Uh, legendary, legendary name like Nick Saban. Here's the here's the thing about about Alabama too. As we talked about earlier with college basketball, you especially with the transfer portal, you cannot, uh, you don't have the the control of monopolizing all that talent anymore because kids can jump and go wherever they want, wherever they please, anytime they want to. And especially with Alabama being the SEC, Oklahoma and Texas are joining you guys now, so. You're going to have tougher competition. And that's 
one of the reasons why Nick Saber uh, retired. We talked about with Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski from Duke, and Roy Williams from North Carolina. Those two guys retired before the start of last season college basketball, too. Uh, the, the times have changed. The rules have changed. Uh, we're in a, this player empowerment movement in, in college sports, whether you like it or not. And so and these, it's almost – it's not almost. It is out with the old and in with the new. Yeah, I mean, look, you you look at Saban, you know, nine uh, – six national championships, 13 SEC titles uh, – nine conference titles and he look he said in an interview with uh reese davis uh, a couple of days ago when the news came out he said look the grind but i also think the grind he said look he said at four years old the grind was getting too much for him the yeah. traveling people forget that college you know football coach especially with you know college football college shoots and those you probably even put some of the other sports in there as well it's a year it's a year-long job it's you gotta just, recruit you know, yeah, it, you know, you gotta go you know, all over to the uh, the country to recruit. You gotta, you know, make sure you got the staff is your staff is ready and all that. You gotta make sure the players are you know, doing what they're supposed to do. So yeah, it's a, it's a grind. And to save his credit, it's, it was becoming too much for him. So that's one of the reasons why he said he, re he retired. Now, of course, you know, Kayla DeBoer, I, I you know, we gotta follow a legend. So uh, that might be interesting too. Now, if you're Washington, you're thinking, okay, wait, what, what, where are we going? But Look, they got a lot of their guys are leaving. Of course, you know, Panks is graduating. Romain, mm -hmm. uh, you know, DeBose, you know, he's, you know, he's going to the NFL and a couple other guys as well. So uh, if you're, I guess if you're the boy, I think you want to kind of want to get out like the ball well, was good. So, uh, that, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, right on the wall too. yeah I mean, so, yeah, because, well, let's talk about that. Well, well, you know, we'll talk about more about the national championship game. We're going to Christine comes on in a little mm -hmm. bit. But, uh that that game, you can kind of tell that you're going to the Big Ten now. I'm talking about Washington. You saw how Michael Penix Jr. looked after that game. He was bruised and battered. And, yeah, that, that's just a taste of what you're going to get coming up. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's – I kind of – yeah, I kind of understand why Ken DeVore decided to, to bolt. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. So, Lakina here with you as we dig into our hashtag Football Friday discussion. Of course, now tomorrow, Saturday, we'll start Super NFL Wildcard Weekend. Two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. Of course, one game on MLK Day as the Philadelphia Eagles will travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Lakina, looking at the slate here, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll get into more deeper with Christine after the break. But do you see any potential upsets uh, as we uh, get started with Super Wildcard Weekend? Because I, I see mean, at least two. Well, I mean, would you know, uh, let's see, uh, weather will be a factor in some of these games. I know, uh, Casey and Miami, there's some people say that might be end up being the coldest, uh, wild card game to ever be played. I don't know about that. It'll Remember definitely the be up there. Um, Minnesota and Seattle. Cause we're, yeah, cause remember that we're in their kind of never transition. Remember Minnesota, you know, they, right. they remember, yeah, they were, you know, remember, you know, they were waiting for their save to be built, so they had to play their mm -hmm. games outdoors. You know, 10 to 9, I mm think, -hmm. was, was the final score in that game. So, uh, Seattle was able to hold them off. Um, you know, that could be a factor there. Weather could be a factor there. Uh, I mean, would, I mean, I mean, would, would Houston being Cleveland would be an upset? Not really. Uh, I mean, you know, Steelers being the Bills, maybe? No, not really. Rams, you got the Rams, you know, with uh, Matt Stafford's first game, you know, back in Detroit. That's gonna be an interesting one there. Would Eagles? Would the Bucks being the Eagles being upset? Not really. I mean, I don't. I mean, look, if you want to go by by rankings, you know, say that if one, if you know, a whole a road team holds off an upset, I don't think it would consider at this point. I don't think any of these games, you know, would be considered upsets. I just don't think that. I just don't see it. I think the 
the obvious choice would be the Rams at the Lions because the Rams have a good running game with Kyron Williams. And the, the Rams also have two uh, rookie tackles next to Aaron Donald that have tremendous years. They they can provide a constant pressure on the quarterback. Even though Jared Goff has played well at home, the QB for the Lions, he's prone to at least two turnovers a game. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the the Buccaneers being the Eagles, even though the Eagles are technically favored, like you said, that would not be that would not be an upset given the way Phillies played over the last month or so. I think that Steelers Bills game that would be an upset if the Steelers should the Steelers win, only because Mike Tomlin has played three different quarterbacks this year. Let's be honest here, Mason Rudolph doesn't spell confidence in you if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. Yes, they got the win on the road at Baltimore last week. Baltimore didn't play anybody, so you really can't really measure anything off of that performance. So I think the Steelers, would, uh, that would be a, 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 the second most likely upset. But I think the most likely upset would be, on paper, my, Miami at Kansas City, because let's be honest here, Miami can run the ball, but they're a finesse team. They're not a physical team, especially given the weather conditions uh, there in Kansas City for for tomorrow. Uh, that that Miami defense, especially now without Bradley Chubb, they're going to have to really step up and have a, a heroic performance. Even though Kansas City struggled and this year on offense, Miami's got to play above their heads, in my opinion, defensively to pull out that upset. Well, and the thing is that, well, I'll, I'll talk more about this when we do our, our praise with Christina, uh, with Christine coming up uh, in a little bit. But uh, Dallas and, and Green Bay, look, I think Green Bay has a shot to win this game. I'm not going to say they're going to, we're going to beat Dallas, but I think they got mm-hmm. a shot here because. They're not good against the run. I'm talking about Dallas's defense. So if you look, you saw what happened with uh against the Bears last week. Aaron Jones was one of the reasons why. Like I said, that game should have been a blowout. Um, you know, if, if Aaron Jones get the running game going and perhaps you know keep Dak and his his guys off the field, it'll be a, it's going to be you know wear that Dallas defense out. It's going to be a long uh, day for the Cowboys, and they got a shot that they can kind of you know get the run game going early and just you know right against their throat and just, you know, just go zone in and, and just, you know, uh, expose that uh, run defense of Dallas, which are probably like their only weakness on that defensive side. And if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, Stephon Gilmore, their defensive back, uh, he suffered an injury last week at, at Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's listed, I believe, as questionable, but he's yep. expected to play on Sunday. So as you mentioned, with their, uh, with their running game for Green Bay, uh, it's going to be key uh, – key for Dallas to stop because if they, they don't stop it, Jordan Love can have a big day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think our girl is here. Let's introduce her real quick before we go to break. Uh, she's one of our favorites, of course. You know what? She's our girl, your girl, Miss from KXRB, Miss Christine Manica. What's up, Christine? Hey. Hello. Hello. How are you? We're doing Good. great. How about yourself? Nasty weather, but how about yourself? I know. We're staying warm here, too. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely staying in weather, no doubt, if you can. Uh, real quick before we go to break, uh, what what is what is kind of like your uh, – you see any upsets there for Sunday Super, Super Wildcard Weekend games? Uh, I see the Bucks because why not? The Eagles are just – they're down and out with, uh, with Brown going down last week. Hurts, he's playing pretty much Hurts for the most part with his uh, hand at the moment. So – I, I say, why not? Crazier things that it can happen. And uh, let's face it, the Eagles haven't been uh, the, the best this year. 
I see for those of you listening back on our uh, replay at War Media Podcast, Christine the Queen is wearing the final line night shirt. I see. Did you catch any <laughs> of the basketball game last night as they beat Michigan State? No, I didn't. I was in a I was in bed and I had a volleyball game going on. So no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well the basketball team is looking great this year, 12 and 3. And so I know they're missing Terrence Shannon Jr. I know what it's bad. Yeah, due to obvious reasons. But uh, Brad Underwood, as I said before, Lakina, before the season started, that that seed is getting uh, a little bit hot because, you know, they had early X's in the tournament over the last two, three years. So uh, despite the absence of Terrence Shannon Jr., uh, they played well this year. I know they post Maryland. Um, on Sunday down there and down there in Champaign. So let's see the final line that can keep it going. Should be. We'll be interested to see what happens there. Now we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to stretch a little bit. And of course we'll do our uh, predictions for super wildcard weekend. And uh, uh, Christine, your guy, Kalen DeBoer is, looks like he's going to be the new coach at Alabama. So we'll I saw more. that. <laughs> yeah. We're going we'll to talk more about that. And all the other coaching uh, carousel, I guess, you know, a couple of legends, uh, other legends have decided to call it uh, quits with their respective teams. So the Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown, our girl, Carousel Reese, Christine Manica, Second season sports on Sports on Chicago. We'll have more coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition. This is our last break of the show for today. You're alive and they live in color right here on Sports So Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. That's Christine. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter X and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You follow by Keena McGee on the Twitter X and kids coming in the IG. This is our last segment of the show for today and for the week. So make those questions or comments uh, great. If you have any last second questions or comments or opinions, mm-hmm. you can get, always find us at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Like our buddy Brandon Schuss. What's up, Brandon? It's been a while since you have deal joined us. Good to see you. Uh, back with us today and uh okay folks let's go to super wild card weekend i'm gonna be saying that a lot (laughs) 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 i wish we had sound effects here but yeah uh first game on the docket this will be on nbc at 3 30 you got cleveland and houston cleveland's actually a two-point road favorites uh sid you start this one yeah on my cheat sheet cleveland's favored by a point and a half but i digress uh, the Texans have a strong defense uh, led by uh, first-year head coach D'Amico Ryans. Of course, C.J. Stroud, the rookie quarterback, has been playing out of his mind this year. You saw him had a great performance last Saturday night in that must-win game at Indianapolis. They have a strong running game with Devin Singletary. And on the flip side for Cleveland, Joe Flacco is having an amazing half of a season at his age. Mm. Of course, they have a strong uh, running game as well. I think it's going to come down to to the running game for both of these teams, and it's also going to come down to who which defense creates uh, the most turnovers. Whoever protects the ball the most and whoever gets the best pressure on these two quarterbacks will win the game. I'm going to step out here a little bit. I'm going to take Houston by three. This is going to be a really good game. Um, I'm, I'm going with – this is a tough one, but I'm going to go with the Browns. I love what – what sort of a life Joe Flacco has brought to the team. I never thought I would say I'd be picking the Browns uh, in Super Wild Card Weekend, all things considered. Um, but I do respect what the Texans has done with D'Amico Ryan and uh, with C.J. Stroud especially. There's no doubt in my mind that he's going to get the Rookie of the Year. No doubt in my mind. But, but I, this is going to be a really good game. There's a reason why Vegas is saying this is pretty much a pick em. Um, so I'm going with the Browns. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Sid here. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say Houston because of the simple fact that Cleveland's a totally different team on the road than they are at home. If this was in, at home, I probably would be uh, with you, uh, Christine, and pick Cleveland. But they're a totally different, you know, dynamic. I, mean, I know that place in Houston is gonna be rocking tomorrow, so this is gonna be their their first uh, playoff game in a home game in a while. I think, you know, CJ Stroud, look, he's played in big games before, so he's not going to be, you know, too, you know, nerves, you know, too nervous, you know, by the, you know, the bright lights and stuff, you know, the stage to themselves. So, yeah, I think it'll be a close one, but I think it's definitely going to be uh, Houston. I think, yeah, I think they're going to go to the next round. 
All right, now this game will be okay. This next game will be Saturday, tomorrow night's uh, nightcap here. This will be exclusively uh, streamed on Peacock. I don't know why people didn't know that, but you know, this is going to be the game. It's going to be a stream uh, exclusively on Peacock. Miami and KC should be going to be very cold. Minus 24 wind chills are saying by the start of the game. Uh, Christine, you start this one for us. It's going to be pretty cold out there, that's for sure. Um, you know, the Dolphins and Kansas City, they, they've both had their ups and downs this season. More recently, I'd say the Dolphins have, especially when it comes to injuries. I thought for sure, especially when uh, Josh Allen was just slinging those interceptions left and right and those turnovers, I thought, oh my God, the Dolphins are going to do it and beat the Bills and, and clinch it, but... But they didn't. So I was disappointed in that pick for myself. Um, when it comes to this game, I think the Chiefs, they're going to hold on as long as they can. Certainly when it comes to the postseason run. And, and when it comes to the weather conditions, obviously when, when you compare the two teams, Kansas City, they're used to it. They're used to playing in these types of conditions and, and not like the Dolphins are. So because of that factor, and it is a home game, I'm going to go with Kansas City. Kansas City's favored by four points as of this live broadcast. As I, I talked about before the break, uh, the Dolphins' defense uh, will, will, will be minus uh, Bradley Chubb, who suffered a torn ACL a couple weeks ago. Uh, I know Jalen Waddle, the other star wide receiver opposite Tyreek Hill, he suffered a, an injury right now. Raheem Mostert is on the injury report today. So and the Miami Dolphins running game has been great statistically all year long. But as Christine's mentioned, Kansas City, uh, uh, they're used to these elements. Miami is not. Kansas City is going to have to hold on to the ball. <laughs> they led the league in drop passes this year. Travis mm. Kelsey, Taylor yep. Swift, or no Taylor Swift. He's having a, a hit and miss year. Patrick Mahomes, we've seen his frustrations at various points this year. I want to see Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Nagy. What can he do for a quote-unquote encore so, to get this Chiefs offense back on track? I think it's going to be an ugly close game. I have Kansas City by three. Yeah, I would pick uh, Kansas City I because yeah, I think – not just the because remember, uh, Tua is from Hawaii – he played at Alabama, and it didn't get that cold down there in Tuscaloosa. So uh, it might be – if the Chiefs catch the ball, <laughs> I think they might – I'm not going to say they're going to blow them out, but I, I feel like this could be one of those things where I still don't trust KC. I don't think they're going to go far, but I think they will win this game just because Miami you know, is too banged up. It's going to be so freezing cold, and, yeah, it is going to be uh, terrible conditions for them. So, yeah, I, I'm picking the Chiefs, but I think they'll pull away late in that game um sunday 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 on cbs at noon you got the steelers and buffalo i'll start this one um you know, you know buffalo has kind of had to grind out the last few weeks kind of get in not only getting the playoffs but also win the division being miami the steelers i know look mike tomlin he's done a great job avoiding you know another uh fish and blow by 100 again another winning season for him uh, Mason Rudolph, mm, I, I don't know, no, no, no. I, I, like, I, I like Mr. Rudolph, I like the stuff that he's done, but I just don't see it, especially that offense. If you're Buffalo, take advantage of, of that offense, of that offense, lack of offensive production, I should say, if you're Buffalo. If Josh Allen can avoid those interceptions that he tends to do sometimes, uh, I think they should win this game you know, pretty easily. I'm picking Buffalo. 
Well, Akina, especially without TJ Watt being in the game either yep. for the Steelers, that's going to be another big factor that the Bills have to take advantage of. So uh, mm -hmm. as long as they can avoid having the turnovers and uh, actually play the game that they know how to, I think the Bills are going to take this one too. And again, huge props to Mike Tomlin, what, what you said, but I, I think the Steelers, they're they're not going to be able to do much this off this postseason. Message to Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott. Run the ball with James Cook. He should have way more carries than your quarterback. Thank you. All right, now back to our picks. Um, the Buffalo Bills have a strong running game, especially led by James uh, James Cook. He's been hot for them over the last month or so. We talked uh, about Josh Allen. Uh, Christine mentioned it as well. Sometimes he does have the, the, uh, the prone for those turnovers, but – for Pittsburgh, they're running the ball with uh, with uh, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris will give the, the that, that Pittsburgh offense any chance of an upset. As you mentioned, Christine, without T.J. Watt on the other side of the ball, I think it's going to be tougher. And that's why I say Buffalo, Buffalo's running game is going to be key here. If they can keep their Pittsburgh Steelers defense on his heels, they'll win this ball game. Who would have thunk it over the month ago that Buffalo would clinch the – AFC East division the way they did and should they win this game on Sunday they could potentially host uh the Kansas City Chiefs next week in Buffalo who would have thought that over a month ago so <laughs> that's why we love the NFL but for this game I'm going with Buffalo and so this live broadcast they're favored by nine and a half points at home hmm. interesting uh okay the second game will be on CBS at 3 30 Chicago time the Cowboys who's your pick Lakina Uh, Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Now, like I said before, it's going to be interesting because if you're the Packers, try to get the run game going. Get get Aaron get Aaron Jones. If AJ Dillon's you know feeling a little bit better, you know get them going. You know keep dacking them off the fields. I'm picking the Cowboys, but if the Packers do that, they can pull off the upset here. So yes, I am picking Dallas, but I'm going to keep an asterisk there in case. The Packers, you know, follow what I think they're going to do and try to use that run game to kind of wear out that uh, that Dallas defense. I'm going to go with the Cowboys, too, but I wouldn't go to sleep on the Packers, um, especially when they're on their game. And and this is a way different Packers team than what we saw at the beginning of the season. And I think it would be an even more explosive game for them if they have Qu Christian Watson back out on the field. He's been dealing with, a, I think it's a hamstring or, or, or whatever he's been dealing with the last couple of weeks uh, that hasn't been that's been keeping him off the field. So once they get him back going in the swing, then that's going to be another big target for a, for a Jordan Love to hit too. But for now, yeah, I am going to pick the Cowboys and hopefully they, this is a game that, can solidify their place in the postseason. We talk about Green Bay's running game with Aaron Jones. I want to talk about the running game with Tony Pollard and the Dallas Cowboys. You saw them get back on track as they won that NFC East in the last regular season game in Washington last week. We all know that the Dallas Cowboys offense, which did come alive in that second half last week, they played different at home than they do on the road. They averaged close to 40 points at home. But I think it's surprisingly it's going to be a shootout. Jordan Love has grown ever since the second half of the season. He's playing with more confidence. You saw that last week against the Bears. We'll talk about the Bears in a second. 
But you know, now with Aaron Jones again going, that makes Jordan Love that that much more dangerous. As I talked about with the Stephon Gilmore injury in that Dallas secondary, it's going to be a tough day for that Cowboys secondary if Jordan Love gets going. And Micah Parsons, uh, their stud defensive ends, uh, he's going to see some double teams uh, with that uh, Packers offensive line. So uh, the Cowboys do have their work work cut out for them. If they create two turnovers or more, I think they'll win this ball game. I think it's going to be a kind of a shootout, a 31-27, 31-28 type game. I'm going with Dallas at home. And Dallas is favored by seven points. Look, these two teams have played, you know, really slug it out, uh, you know, in the pl- games in the playoffs. So uh, I would be surprised. 2016, if- anyone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I would be surprised. <laughs> Don't be surprised if we, get- if we see one again. On Sunday, now the night capper on Sunday, it's been uh, well, I mean, it, it, well, the count key changes. It's been let's just say it's been over almost two, th- two 26,000 days since these two teams will, will face each other. They'll face each other for the first time in the playoffs. You have the Rams and the Lions, um, of course, you know, Matt Stafford back you know, in Detroit playing there for the first time. Um, gonna be very interesting to see. You know, you got the, the ex- more experienced, they're very experienced uh, Rams. You know, I know there have been some guys that have been out, but they're still very experienced, very polished Detroit. A lot of these guys are facing each other, are you know do, making their debuts in the playoffs for the first time. Easy for me to say, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Christine, you start this one for us, please. Yeah, just a lot of nostalgia w- with this game, and I even forgot to mention with the Dallas Packers game, um, Mike McCarthy's facing his old team for mm-hmm. for the first time in a while too. So there's just a lot of different moments happening during the postseason. Uh, when it comes to the Rams and the Lions, you have uh, Jared Goff facing his old team, and then you have Matthew Stafford on the other side. and And I'm sure it's going to be a very emotional moment for for both of these uh, great quarterbacks to start off. Mm-hmm. But then once once the lights go on, it's game time. And I'm putting my my eggs in in the Lions basket because they just they have it this year. I think it's their time now. The Rams, they've been looking great the last couple of weeks. That wasn't always the case at the start of the season. They did look really shaky. You know, they didn't have Cooper Cup to start because he was really injured. He was uh, not really playing his best. And then you also had a. Aaron Darnold, he was also not playing his best football at one point, too. But now they're coming back into their own. So this is a really good Cinderella story, I think. Good Hollywood story for the Rams, actually. And then you got the the Lions, who uh, probably should have had the shot last year, but now they're finally getting their chance in the in the sun this time around. So I, I think given the home game situation and just the whole – the whole storyline coming together between both of these teams. I I'm going to go with the lions. Couple of factors here. Of course, the running games for both of these teams, Kyron, Kyron Williams for the Rams. And of course, on the flip side for Detroit, Jameer Gibbs, their first round pick, and of course, former Chicago bear, David Montgomery. But I think the lions will have a setback offensively because tight end Sam Laporta, their rookie tight end. He got injured last week in that meaningless yep. game against Minnesota. He's going to be out of action for uh, this Sunday, but we talked about their Rams front four, Lakina earlier. Mm-hmm. I know Aaron Donald's not the same player he was a couple years ago, but he's still very damn good. But their Rams secondary, uh, even though they are impressive at times, they occasionally uh, give up the big play. And will Jared Goff take advantage of that? I think so. On the flip side for the Lions, their defense, Aiden Hutchinson leads that bunch, but their Detroit Lions secondary, which has been uh, a little bit maligned this year. I think it's going to come down to how many big plays these secondaries give gives up. 
And if the Rams, which I think they will give up a couple big plays, can Detroit take advantage of them? I think so, even without Sam Laporta. Uh, even though the Rams, you can pick them logically to win this game. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out there and, and go with Detroit. Detroit, they are favored by three points even at home. This will be the first playoff game ever since that building opened up in 2002. Yeah, you know that uh, that bill is going to be rocking. So uh, I'm sure they've been they've been they've been amped up for this game for for this type of playoff atmosphere for years now. And because of like you just said, said their defense is like they who will like the big play? I mean, look, both secondaries are not really anything to write home about. So uh, it's really going to be like which secondary can avoid making giving up those big plays or giving up too many. I guess like that would be probably the, as the case may be. So I'm uh, not having the porter out there. That's going to be a big you know. That, that 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 might be a big factor here. We know Kyler Williams could win run the ball for, um, you know, for, for the Rams. Of course, you know, Cooper Cup. Of course, you know, he's he's getting he's playing that playing better as well. I'll pick Detroit, but again, would I be surprised if the Rams pull it off? And it would be an upset. No, I don't think it would be an upset. Nor would I be surprised if the Rams pull it off. But you know, like I said, I think the Lions because they're at home. You know, that place is going to be rocking down there in Detroit. You know, just outside Detroit, and uh, yeah, it should be, should be, a, could be like one of the games of the weekends here uh, in Super Wild Card Weekend. As we go into the game for MLK Day, uh, the 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 bruised and battered and beaten uh, Philadelphia Eagles. They face a Tampa team that's kind of you know struggling, but they may have a shot here because I think Tampa. You got a world of other unfamiliar side. You got AJ Brown's out. Devontae Smith, he's banged up. You got the, the secondary is all banged up. You got the, the front seven of defense is banged up. You got the O-line's a little bit is banged up. You got you got Jalen Hurts who hasn't hasn't passed the ball like once since he injured his finger uh last week against the Giants. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I might I might regret this, you know, like Monday when we when we come back, Sid. But uh, I'm thinking Tampa. I think if Look, Mike Evans can definitely have a big game against that secondary for the Eagles. I know Darius Slay is going to try and play, but it's going to be weird how he looks because he hasn't played in like five or six weeks. Get the run game going if you're Tampa. And their defense actually <coughs> it's actually okay. It's not like the Tampa teams from when, you know, with Brady and them a couple years ago, but they still got they got a good some names out there. I think they might make, make some big plays. And yeah, I you know, I pick a Tampa. I'm 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 stepping out picking Tampa. This will be on ESPN at, at 7 15. Yeah, I'm picking Tampa with you. It's the same same thing I said before we uh, went into the break. If you wanted to, to dominate the Eagles, this is the time to do it. They're banged up. They haven't been playing great all season. I, I've been calling it ugly winning, and uh, they're just they, – they haven't been looking great this year. And this is the time to, to take advantage of that. And, again, the Bucks not they haven't been looking all great or perfect, but – you know what? This is kind of like another Cinderella story, I think, in, in the making. So why not go Tampa? <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, Christine's favorite fantasy football quarterback, the whole former fantasy football quarterback, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I think he's dealing with a little ankle injury from last week in that ugly yeah. win over Tampa. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we talked about it last week. I'll talk about it again. Tampa Bay has to put up points. I'm talking about touchdowns here. Like you uh, like you said, Lakina, Mike Evans is going to be key here. Of course, Rashard White, uh, the Tampa Bay definitely needs to get that running game going. So now this is, as Christine says, this is a perfect time to 
to take advantage of a wounded animal. Sometimes wounded animals are dangerous, but if you're Tampa, you got to put up touchdowns here. You can't get away with that crap you did last week at Carolina, just putting up field goals. Uh, that's not going to get it done. So I'm going with Tampa here, too, making a clean sweep. Philadelphia is currently favored by three. Yeah, this game will be uh, broadcast on ABC and ESPN and ESPN Plus as well. So uh, could be an ugly one down there in uh, Tampa. Six three nine six, I guess maybe <laughs> I don't know, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, look, we'll see if Tampa can pull it out. But yeah, like like you said, Christine, this is a, this is the time to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, should be a, should look should be a very entertaining Super Wild Card weekend. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago on the hashtag Football Friday Edition. I'm Sid, that's Lakina, that's Christine. All right, Christine, the Bears finished the 2023 campaign with seven wins and 10 losses, losing to the Green Bay Packers on the last day of the season, 17-9. Matt Eberflus will return as Bears head coach, but Luke Getzky, the offensive coordinator, <clears throat> out of there. The rest of that coaching staff, bye-bye. Here's your pink slip and link card. So, Christine, uh, what do you expect from uh, from the from the Bears this offseason? Because we got – a little bit over three and a half months before the NFL draft at the end of April, April 24th to be exact. What do you expect for the Bears this offseason? What are your early predictions? Well, they got 75% of it right, at least, <laughs> just to get rid of the, the staff. I mean, it, in, in a perspective of a, of a business standpoint, you don't want to see a coach get fired or a or a coordinator get fired. No, you you never want to cheer for that, but you want to cheer for a change. You want to cheer for a different direction and you want to cheer for, for progress. Um, and with, with the bears, they have an interesting history of retaining coaches with the losing record and quickly saying goodbye to coaches with the winning record. We saw that with lovey Smith and we even saw that with Matt Nagy. Um, so with Eberflus, I'm sure that there was a conversation, lots of conversations, including, Hey, if you don't get it done next year, then you're going to go. I'm sure that that conversation was in there somewhere. Um, and I would, I would be, if I was one of the bears, uh, recruiters right now, I would really be feeling the pressure because from now all the way up until that NFL combine and the draft day, You are hunkering down on every single person in the combine, in the draft, studying every single person, their their movements, their their statistics, where they're from, their favorite food, even, you know, just to just to see the the mechanics of, of how these young guys work and how you can potentially convince them to to come to Chicago, especially if you are um, a Bo Dixon, Nixon, or a Caleb Williams, anything along those lines. Um, and if I were the Bears right now, everyone's talking about, oh, what would they do to give away the number one pick? Out of any draft class within the recent years, this is the time, in my opinion, to keep that number one pick just because this is a really good draft class. And the Bears have all the cards right now to to get a really good quarterback uh, in their system or even potentially another weapon for for offense or potentially for defense. I don't really think. I really shouldn't say it like that, but I don't think you don't really need a defensive player at this time just because by the end of this season, 
the defense was was number one. They were at the top, and that's all thanks to the addition of Montez Sweat. So I think the defense is is in a good place right now. Now you have to think about what can I do for the offense. And I would probably draft a quarterback and put a little bit more pressure on Fields if you want to keep Fields. If you do draft a quarterback and you decide to put Fields on the back burner, that automatically opens up the cap space. And that means you have more opportunities to get different players on your roster to potentially help the new quarterback or vice versa. So there's a lot of different options that the Bears can can go about this. But but my big thing is that I really want them to keep that number one pick because it's very valuable this year. Would you trade – also, the Bears had that number nine pick in, in the first round. So would you trade that number nine pick to, to get multiple picks? Because as of right now, the Bears have six – draft picks overall, and they do not have a second-round pick. I think they have a third-round, a couple fourth-rounders, and uh, a couple other picks in a later round. So you would keep that number one pick and trade that number nine pick to get multiple picks for this year I would do, next year? I, I would do that. I would trade okay. the number nine pick over trading the number one pick because in my mind, if, you're, well, if I was going to trade the number one pick, you would have to offer me like a, like a Tyreek Hill or even a – a Travis Kelsey. I know Travis Kelsey, he's pushing 35 years old, but still, he's one of the best tight ends in the league, still giving up those big numbers. So that's that's what I'm talking about. You got to give me someone massive if I want to give up my first pick, someone really worth it to, to push it to that far. But yeah, I would be willing to give up the number nine pick for a second rounder for sure. Now, with that number one pick, would you select Caleb Williams or would you select Marvin Harrison Jr.? Oh, okay. See, with Marvin Harrison Jr., that that was big when he announced that he was going for the draft. Um, and with Caleb Williams, too, it's always a – I don't know if I can say this. It's always a crapshoot in the draft, right? Because you don't know who's going to work in the NFL. College football is so different nowadays than what the NFL is. It's Completely different game. And we've seen that time and time again with quarterbacks. I saw something interesting uh, from Justin Fields' draft class. Only one quarterback is going to the postseason this year. And it's Trey Lance, who had nothing to do with them going to the postseason. So <laughs> that just show, tells you everything that you have to know about how the NFL draft goes and just – it, you're either lucky or not, you know? So it's just, it, I, I don't, Chris and I have these talks all the time about Caleb Williams. I don't like answering that question because is he a great quarterback? Yes. Do I think he's getting too much hype? Yes, because he did not have a great season this year. Right. I, I, I really don't think he had a great season this year. Is it because he got a little too much attention and maybe he got a little bit distracted and had a little too much of an ego? Yeah, he's 20, 21 years old. Of course he probably had a big ego and his head got a little too big. Um, but I still think he, he's a good quarterback. Would I be interested to see him go up against Justin Fields? Yeah. I would definitely be interested to see how that all shakes out because 
if anything, that's probably what the Bears would do is draft a quarterback, have a little one-on-one competition with Fields <laughs> and see who would the starting mm-hmm. quarterback be. And if that starting quarterback is a rookie, that says all you need to know about Fields' performance. Has has Fields gotten better this year? Yeah, absolutely. But it's just he can't read the defenses. He still can't read the defenses. He's still very much gun-shy in the pocket. But I would love to see him thrive in a different organization. It'll be interesting to see if you know if they trade the number one pick or number nine pick, as you said, Christine, if they yeah. throw in trust Justin Fields in that mix. So uh you know, Atlanta's and you know, because he's from that, he's from you know, just outside Atlanta. So yeah, yeah. Be like I said, we look, we we've got time to talk about it. I mean, look, the, the draft is until like like uh, April twenty third. So uh, you know, we've got a little or twenty fifth, I should say. So we got a little bit of time before you know all this stuff about should they trade it, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah, so we'll we'll get into all that as the day goes on. Now, uh, some quick college football notes. Uh, well, first, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Michigan grasped them their first nas- outright national championship. Of course, we know that. Uh, they won, of course, 97 with your, yeah, with Brian Greasy <laughs> and, of course, uh, Steve Hutchinson and Charles Woodson in that group. That that was a split championship though with Nebraska, so uh, that's why this is their first outright championship since 1948. Of course, JJ McCarthy was uh, most outstanding player on the on the um on the offensive side. Uh, uh, Lagrange Park native. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Local kid. Yes, yes. I forgot. I keep forgetting he's a local kid too. He grew up not yeah, too local here. kid. Yeah, uh, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards each had uh, f- each had two touchdowns and ran for over 100 yards. Uh, Blake Corum, 134 yards. Uh, Mikey sent. I gotta make sure. Sent. Saints are still. Saints are still. I think that's that's how he's. I like. I've been trying to say this guy there for like the last three years. I can never <laughs> do that. But you know, he had six. Uh, six tackle. Eight. Eight total tackles, <laughs> including the uh, uh, the interception that kind of sealed the win there. So, what did you guys think? Were you surprised that Michigan was able to kind of dominate uh, Washington, or were you surprised? I felt really bad for Washington just because, I mean, Michigan's run game just dominated that defense. And and I I felt – I said this the entire day. I'm like, I just hope both teams have fun because <laughs> here I you have Washington, South Dakota connection with Kalen DeBoer and pretty much his whole coaching staff from South Dakota – uh, leading this team to a national championship. And then you got, of course, the the Midwest team, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, and then the LaGrange Park quarterback leading this team to in a national mm-hmm. championship. So I, I was pretty torn. So that's why I said, I just hope both of these teams had fun and had a great experience out of it. So I'm, I'm happy that, that it was both of these teams that, that were in the national championship. Um, but I do feel bad about the, the result for uh, Washington. Cause it was, it was not a good game for, for them, especially for Michael Penix. He, he did not have the best game. Yeah, as we said last week, Lakina, um, Michael Penny's Jr., um, that he had to have a great game, but he was going to face a, a tough defense in Michigan. You saw what happened in that fourth quarter. And we also told you about that running game for Michigan, too. I expected Blake Corm to have a great game, and that's exactly what happened. You saw Michigan's defense turn up, especially in that fourth quarter, to put that game out of reach. Yeah, just a, like I said, well, look, you saw how he looked afterwards, you know, all bruised and battered. That he was worn out by then and uh we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to uh canada board they also a uh, shout out to your your the south dakota state jack yes 
dominate uh and win the their second straight fcs title you know very back cool. to back oh, yeah Jack Rabbit. So, uh, yeah, uh, the cover wasn't there uh, for him, you know, down there. So a lot of those guys were there from last year's team. So, uh, congrats to, uh, to them. Uh, all right. And fun uh, fact, quick, too, about. Uh, no, go ahead, Christine. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, fun fact about the, the Jack Rabbits, uh, the quarterback, uh, Mark, I, I can't say his last name. He's uh, from Naperville, Illinois. So, that's a nice. little nugget there, too. So, yeah, back to back championships under under a new head coach. Uh, uh, oh, geez. It, what, what is it? Uh, I want to say Jimmy Johnson, but I know it's not Rogers. Jimmy Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why do yeah. I want to say Jimmy Johnson? That that name just sticks in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 yeah, well, well, speaking of, speaking of, you know, I guess legendary coaches, I guess we had three of them that retired, I, I guess. Uh, Nick Saban, uh, of course, uh, Pete Carroll. Well, well, he's not retired, but he is going to you know, go to the front office uh, yeah. for Seattle. And of course, Bill Belichick. Uh, of course, you know, we'll talk about the old, later date. Uh, Jared Mayo taking over as head coach. But were you guys surprised by any of these? You know, firings and such. I'll start with you. Uh, the Nick Saban, yes. The other two, no. I was surprised with Pete Carroll because I did not see that coming. I was in I was in the gym on the treadmill and I saw it come up on the TV screen. And the funny part is, I had Usher's song "OMG." playing so when i looked up i said oh my god so there's an irony for you but i mean the energy that pete carroll brought <laughs> to, to that team and you know he's 71 years old but even at his age he was still so relatable to all the players and they loved him. They still love him. And, and I saw a video of uh, him talking to, to Gino and you could tell that Gino was kind of beat up about, about the news of him not being the, the coach anymore. So it is disappointing to, to see him not be in that role anymore. I can't imagine Pete Carroll not being um, the coach of the Seahawks, just like I can't imagine Bill Belichick not being the coach of the Patriots anymore. Um, but I, I mean, yeah. to have three legendary coaches like that, just back to back and insane. Um, but, but legends in, in their own right. And, uh, I think Bill Belichick, I'm, I'm calling it. I, I think there's an opening for him in Seattle. It's, it's a similar climate. It's a, it's a similar atmosphere. I'd say, <laughs> why not? <laughs> Well, yeah, they also Atlanta. Yeah, I think Atlanta too is also another another rumor. So, but if I were him, I would just retire. Like you, I, I, I get unless he wants to show people that hey, look, I didn't need you know a different system. So, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, not surprised, not too surprised by the Belichick stuff. Um, I'm a little surprised by Saban, but like you know, but like you like we talked about before he came on, we came on Christina. Like it, it's a grind. So yeah, 74 years mm -hmm. old, he probably wants to kind of get away from all that. Same thing with Pete Carroll. I think, look, he doesn't look, he doesn't look uh, 71, but no. I'm sure, but I, I'm sure he probably, I think this might be a mutual dis, uh, decision with him in the front office of Seattle. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure he'll have a hand on, you know, his successor. So it'll be mm -hmm. interesting to see what happens there. Now, speaking of the, the successors, uh, of course, Kalen DeBoer, of course, you know, looks like, you know, is all but official. He'll be the new head coach at uh, Alabama. So, Christine, I know that, uh, like, it's like, he's, like we talked about, Played at Sioux Falls, University of Sioux Falls, won a national championship there. Also mm -hmm. won a couple of championships himself as a head coach. So uh, yeah, so tell real quick, tell folks folks about DeBoer and what do you think he what he can do down there in Alabama? 
I think his story is so cool. So he was uh, an all-star wide receiver at the University of South Dakota. And he um, he really worked his way up the ladder. So right after his time as a player at the University of South Dakota, he stayed in the Sioux Falls, um, University of Sioux Falls, excuse me. He uh, stayed in the Sioux Falls area and he became a high school coach. And from there, after a couple of years, he became an, a coordinator with the University of Sioux Falls. And then pretty quickly after that, he became the head coach at the University of Sioux Falls, getting three NAIA championships uh, under his belt in 2006, 2008, 2009. Um, and then the Washington job came up and and he he he's been kind of skyrocketing uh for the last number of years what's really cool about his story I think is that ever since he started coaching at the University of Sioux Falls um he has brought in his coaching staff with him so at the University of Sioux Falls he brought them with to Washington. So I'm assuming during this Alabama move, he's going to bring those coaches with him um, as well. So really it's a whole South Dakota story in the making. And if they, if they want someone that's going to get the job done, I think it's going to be Kalen DeVore because he definitely has a, a winning record and he has a, a history of getting his teams to, to the postseason. All right, Lakina, I know we're running up against it. The White Sox did release their uh, promotional schedule for this year in 2024. We'll, we'll uh, dig into a little bit more uh, next week. But uh, opening day, March 28th, uh, clear tote bag is to give away. And, of course, Saturday, March 30th, against Detroit uh, White Sox hoodie for, 15, for the first 15,000 fans. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely be in that. the house for that. And of course, oh, yeah. family Give me one said. <laughs> uh, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> uh, family Sundays will return again this year for 12 Sunday home games. And Christine, this save this date for your your soon-to-be husband. Friday, August 23rd against Detroit. Guess what night that is? Oh gosh. Is it um Elvis night? You got it. Ding, 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 oh, ding. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> the favorite Elvis night. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. We love Elvis like said, night. Like said, we'll get more deep into the promotions uh, next week. Uh, and of course, the probably the biggest promotion this year will be Saturday, May 25th against Baltimore. The first 20,000 fans receiver, Luis Robert Jr. Bobblehead. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's not, right. not Elvis Knight. That's the biggest promotion. <laughs> <laughs> well, the biggest promotion for you, oh, Christine, wow. Elvis Knight. <laughs> all shook up. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. You all shook up here. On that note, you want to make yes. sure keep on the Twitter. Execute's going to get the IG. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can follow your truly on the Twitter, X and the IG, SIDK80. Once again, it's SIDK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. Christine, where can the lovely people follow you on social media? They can follow me on Twitter at CManica underscore KXRV. And you still have that bird, huh? I still have the bird, despite my <laughs> updates. <laughs>
Love it. I love it. Of course, you can catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago's Facebook and YouTube channel. Once One more time, catch Second City Sports every Monday and Friday, noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on Sports on Chicago's Facebook and YouTube channel. And pro programming, no, we'll, we will be back here on Monday for the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. So no pre-taped segments. We'll be live here in the Living Color this Monday for MLK Day right here on Sports on Chicago as we uh, give you our reviews for a Super Wild Card weekend. And, of course, the NBA and college basketball will be playing games on that day, too. So you'll, you want to kick it with us on, on Martin Luther King Day this Monday starting at noon, Central Standard Time. And, of course, you get Sports Chicago anytime, anywhere. You can spend the time during the holiday uh, catching up on Roku TV. Just go to the Roku TV app on your favorite app store. Stop in Sports on Chicago. Catch our show, Shot of Mind, the Smoke, the Smoke Fellas, and What's Up Cuz, and a whole lot more. Just check it out right there on Roku TV. And you know we will provide. <laughs> All right. So, for say that, Christine, I'm Lakina. Stay safe out there. Stay warm. Don't do anything silly unless you have to. Don't go out unless you absolutely have to. <laughs> Stay safe yes. there, folks. Yo, this is Vizek City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and uh, we'll see you Monday. Hello.